0: what is up everybody welcome to episode 10 of the hog line podcast i'm your host mitchell manis football season just four days away folks we are inching ever so closely to that coveted nfl season i can't wait i know you can't wait four days that just feels so great to say out loud it gives me chills and uh i oh man i can't wait i i today we got a lot in store for you today on the Hogline Podcast. It's just me today. Uh, I'm going to be giving you my full-on NFL preview. I'm going to be predicting team records, uh, the awards, playoffs, and much, much more. I cannot wait. Football season is back. Best time of the year, no doubt in my mind. Uh, And if you say otherwise, then you're just wrong. I'm sorry, you're wrong. Football season is the best, and it doesn't even come close, to be honest. Uh, so that's going to be today's show. I'm going to, this is the NFL preview show. Uh, before we get into that briefly, I just want to reiterate one last time. I want to, you know, detail our new fall schedule. I shared this on an Instagram post a few days ago. And just in case you missed that, uh, I'll just gonna, here we go. I'm going to, you'll find out right here. Uh, on, Fridays and Saturdays usually. We're going to be coming out with one episode per week probably during this football season, and uh, it's probably going to be on Friday or Saturdays, I just said, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of NFL talk. Uh, that's going to be in full swing, obviously, and we love talking about that here at the Hogline Podcast. Uh, we'll be previewing the previ- uh preview. Excuse me, previewing the upcoming week's action in the NFL, and we'll be recapping what happened previously in the previous week. Uh, I'm going to be giving you some fantasy football advice, like some stardom sit at each position. And uh, maybe talk some college football as well, because I, I really want to get into that as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'll probably have uh, one or two or maybe even three guests on the show per week. Jack will probably be on a lot of the episodes, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. We are back. We are in full swing for football season. Wow. So, like I said before, today is the NFL preview show. I'm going to be giving you team records and a full analysis of each team. And I'm going to give you my awards pick for the major awards in the NFL, like MVP, Offense Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, and all that. And then I'll be uh, talking about the playoffs and how I see things shaking up at the end of the season. So, uh, yeah, I'm so excited. I'm going to get right into it. Uh, before I start, I, I you probably know some of my opinions as I've integrated uh, a lot of them into the shows all throughout the summer. So a lot of, some of it might be, you may know already, but I've got some surprises in here. I'd like to think, uh, and like I said, I don't know. if Actually, I don't know if I said this already, but I looked at every single team schedule and I went game by game. I literally have pages of notes in here of just what I think teams are going to, how they're going to trend throughout the season. And I predicted every win loss from every single game. So I put a lot in thought and, uh, time into this and I just uh, really wanted to share this with all of you as, uh, you know, this is what I like to do. I like to share my predictions to all of you guys, so I'm going to get right into it. Uh, the first division that we got on tap today is the AFC North, you know, contains my favorite team in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, there's also the Cleveland Browns, the star of the HBO Hard Knock series, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Baltimore Ravens. So in first place in this division, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, I have the Steelers going 11-5. and And uh, I think that's fair to say. You know, a lot of people have the Steelers right around here. And uh, I think this is fair. I, I don't think it's unbiased at all. I, some people may think differently. But Steelers are probably going to go around 11-5. and That's what I have them this year. Uh, I've said time and time again of how star-studded the offense is. And that doesn't need to be you know, said again, but I think the key to the Steelers this year could be the defense. I really see T.J. Watt taking the next step in his sophomore year. Uh, Stefan Tuitt is a really underrated player on our D-line. If he can stay healthy, as he's a very integral part, if if he's a very talented player. If he can stay healthy, then that would just be awesome for the Steelers, and that's a big if because he's had some injury concerns throughout his time in the NFL, but if he can stay healthy, he's a really good player and player to watch out for on the Steelers defense. So I really think the defense is going to be better than people expect. And uh, I think that could be key to taking the next step as you will find out as we progress here. So AFC North champion, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 11 and five in second place, I have the Baltimore Ravens coming in at seven and nine. Uh, the Ravens uh, kind of the opposite of the Steelers have a star set of defense led by, uh, you know, pro bowlers and all pros and Eric Weddle and CJ Mosley but uh you know the offense has always been you know kind of a bit stale for the ravens uh, that's been their concern uh joe flacco obviously you know he's uh, he's had his run you know he's won his super bowl been super bowl mvp before but you know the ravens brought in lamar jackson through the draft to put pressure on him and perform at a high level so i i, it, I the way i see it shaking out this year for the ravens quarterback situation I think Flacco's going to be good enough to hold off Lamar Jackson for most of the year. Uh, I don't think he's going to play terrible. I I, I don't think he is a terrible quarterback. Uh, And Lamar Jackson, you know, I have said a little bit about him on previous episodes of the Hogline Podcast, but, uh, you know, he's going to take time. He's a raw prospect, and uh, they're not just going to throw him out there unless, you know, injury happens or you know something drastic so I see Flacco holding off Jackson until maybe the end of the year like week 15 or 16 when they're eliminated from playoff contention and they just want to see what they have in the young quarterback so that's the way I see that shaken up uh, in third place I have the Cincinnati Bengals at seven and nine as well and uh, you know just the same old story for the Bengals that uh, they you know they're always an average team and some people actually have the Bengals season just blowing up this year and being maybe a top three worst team, picking top three in the draft next season. But uh, I, I don't think the Bengals are that bad. And but seven and nine, you know, that says what it says right there. Uh, the O line is still terrible, and uh, that's the way. I, that's the reason, kind of, why I've been staying away from Joe Mixon and fantasy drafts because I still don't believe in the offensive line of the Bengals, and uh, you know they're. They they need to make a coaching change. I, I it's a mystery why Marvin <laughs> Marvin Lewis is still the coach of them, and uh, they they really need to make a coaching change. And he's been there for I don't even know how many years, like since I was probably like five or six, honestly. And he just needs to go. It's the same voice in the locker room. He needs to he needs to leave. And if they don't, you know, make the playoffs this year, which I do not see that happening, he's probably going to be out the door. In last place, I have the Cleveland Browns at five and eleven. A lot of people are very high in the Browns saying outrageous stuff, like they'll make the playoffs this year. They're not making the playoffs here. Uh, Don't get too caught up in the HBO hard knocks. And, you know, hard knocks can be entertaining to watch, but it it just uh, gives people false hopes for the teams that are on it. And um, and 5-11 is reasonable for the Browns this year. That's what I have them at. Uh, I think Baker could probably start week one now that Tyrod has a wrist injury that he injured in the second to last preseason game I believe it was so that doesn't look good for him starting week 1s uh baker could be out there and uh I, you know I'm not too down on baker I'm, I I don't I hate him like I think I know Jack doesn't is not a big fan of his but um I I don't I don't think he, this year he's not going to be as impressive as people want him to be as the first overall pick uh should be in people's eyes so uh five at 11 is a reasonable expectation for the browns don't have too high expectations for them you know this will take time. There's a reason why they were 0-16 in last year. They're not going to jump up and suddenly win 10-11 games. So 5-11 and is a reasonable expectation. That's what I have on that. Uh, so that's the AFC North. I'm going to move on to the AFC South. The AFC South, in first place, I have the Houston Texans. All right? And this may shock some people, but I have the Houston Texans winning 13 games. I have the Texans winning 13 games, being 13-3. and I think the Sean Watson comes back great. Uh, it is a little concerning that Watson has had two ACL surgeries in his career. I believe he had one in college and obviously the one last year that ended his, uh, magnificent rookie season, but I really see them rebounding. I think Deshaun Watson, I've said this since the drafts of, uh, you know, when the year he came out, which was, uh, 2017, uh, he's a special player and he, uh, he has that mindset. He's an it factor. And, uh, I think it'll really be shown this season. Um, he's a very smart quarterback. Uh, I don't know if his mobility will be affected, but he is, um, you know, tremendous upside and 13 and three, I could really see that happening a little bold. I went out there, but you know, Hey, someone's going to dethrone the Patriots as the one seed. It's going to happen eventually. And it could be this year, which I have that happening. So 13 and three for the Texans in second place. I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at 11 and five. Uh, I'm obviously pretty high in the Jaguars. I've sprinkled it in in a few episodes, of uh, the previous episodes here, but you know, I a huge believer in their defense. Uh, people are a little concerned that the Jaguars will be playing a first place schedule this year. Cause they haven't done that in so many years. So, and uh, it, also they didn't get to, they, they played uh, the Texans when Watson was hurt one game and they played the Colts, both with Andrew, uh, Andrew Luck not being there. So people are a little concerned about those factors that their schedule will be tougher than years past. But, when you got talent, you got talent, and that will win out. Uh, and I, I've said a lot about Fournette being amazing, and they've only upgraded their offensive line with the addition of Andrew Norwell from the Carolina Panthers. So I mean, that's got to help, and uh, they should be an overall solid team this year. And they're a little bit scary, to be honest. I, I would, uh, and as a Steelers fan, they've got our number, and they could uh, be get, get hot at the end of the year. I think I actually had them winning. Like their last seven or eight games, that just the way I saw things playing out. So if they get hot at the right time, watch out for Jacksonville. I hate to say it, but you know they're a scary team. In third place, I have the Tennessee Titans coming in at seven and nine. Uh, You know they they bring in a new coach and Vabral, I think his name is. He's the he comes from the Bill Belichick coaching tree from New England, and uh, you know I I've had some mixed. Feelings about Tennessee. I, I could see, I, I think at one point in this offseason, I had them actually squeaking into the playoffs, like similar to how they did last season. Uh, but 7 9, that's just the way I saw things shaking up with their, shaking, uh, you know, playing out with their schedule this year. Uh, I've also had mixed feelings about Derrick Henry. You know, I've been like so gung ho on Derrick Henry this beginning of the year. I thought he was going to be amazing, as he was in college, obviously, as he won the Heisman Trophy. And they bring in Deion Lewis. But uh, I don't know. I I don't I don't really see Henry as an efficient runner. Uh, his yards per carry is kind of low, and uh, you know they, they always have, They've got Corey Davis and Rashard Matthews leading the receiving core. Uh, Corey Davis had a somewhat disappointing rookie season, but a little hampered by injuries, so he's looking to make that sophomore leap. But seven and nine, I see the Texans and excuse me, the Titans, uh, and they. they when you gotta play the Jaguars and Texans in total four times throughout the season, that's never, never a good thing in my eyes. So seven and nine is what I have the Tennessee Titans. And in last place, coming up at the rear in the AFC South, I have the Indianapolis Colts at five and eleven. Uh, a lot of people are thinking that Andrew Luck can just come in and just save the day, but the Colts honestly have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Uh, their offensive line, although they upgraded in the draft by drafting uh, Quentin Nelson in the uh, whatever it was top. Five top ten. Uh, you know, one guy doesn't make the offensive line, you have to have a lot of pieces, and uh, you know, their offensive line's not good. Their running game is kind of a big question mark. Uh, they've got Jordan Wilkins, Marlon Mack, Kristen Michael, a lot of unproven guys that running behind a terrible offensive line never goes well for unproven running backs. So, I think the run game could be a problem. And outside of T.Y. Hilton, excuse me, wow, that was a bad voice crack. On, excuse me. Uh, outside of T.Y. Hilton, the Colts wide receiver core, little suspect. And the, their defense, not great either. Uh, they lack a pass rusher uh, and uh, just all around kind of a weak roster. And Andrew Luck, you know, he, he's obviously one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL if everything is right in health-wise and no uh, tears or broken bones or whatever, what have you. But uh, I see the Colts being 5-11. and 11. I'm a lot lower um, some of, some people are very optimistic about the Colts. I am not one of those people. Uh, so that is the AFC North and AFC South. Uh, I have the Steelers and Texans winning those two divisions respectively. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to move on to the AFC East. I have the new uh, excuse me New England Patriots coming in first. Uh, same old story. I have them at at 11 and five this year. So tiny bit lower than what they're used to. They're used to like 14 and two and 13 and three seasons. But I got them at 11 and five. Uh, you know, Tom Brady, I, I see a little bit of a decline this year. I'm going to go out and say it going on a limb here, but still 11 and five and 11 and five. And he can't, he's not going to have too bad of a year, but he's going to start to dip. So you better watch out for that. Uh, they've obviously got a weak division. So that really helps them out. And uh, this could be the end of the Patriots run. So I- I'm calling it now. Uh, obviously I still have them making the playoffs as a division winner, but I think the Jets could win the division next year. You'll find out in a second here that as I have the Jets second in this division, uh, I'll just move on to it right now. I have the Jets in second at seven and nine. Uh, I don't think they, what were they last year? I think they were five and 11 and a lot of people had them. way going one and 15. So they exceeded people's expectations last year. And I think they will again this year. Uh, I think Sam Darnold's the real deal after watching him in preseason and uh, seeing him go through the motions and, yeah, I think he's gonna live up to the hype of being what? What was he the over, the number three overall pick? I think he's gonna live up to those expectations. And uh, he's very cerebral and big, strong body. I think he'll last long in the NFL because he. I think he's gonna be durable. And I think he's got the talent. You know, he's got the arm strength. He's really got it all. He's a really complete package. And uh, I think the Jets got a good one. And they're gonna su- surprise some people this year. Um, you know, seven nine seven and nine is nothing extraordinary, but it is better than people have them, from what I've been looking at. So I think the Jets come in second of that division at seven and nine, and then in third place I got the Buffalo Bills coming in at four and twelve. Uh, I think I've said it before. I'm not really a big fan of Josh Allen's. I think he's got some accuracy issues, and their offensive line is terrible. I don't care what anyone says. If you lose like three starters off your offensive line, it's going to be severely downgraded, and uh, it just worries me. Their defense is pretty strong, they got some great guys in the secondary, and Tredavius White and Jordan Poyer. Uh, but you know that that offense is very concerning to me. I would be I wouldn't be too optimistic if I were a Bills fan. Uh, a, a quick word on Shady McCoy. He's going to see a ton of volume, so if you're going for him in fantasy drafts, you've got to bank on the amount of volume which he'll have, which is going to be a ton of looks, but. As a 30, 31-year-old running back, he's getting up there in age. A lot of carries on his body, and he always seems to be banged up. So uh, he could break down in the season, and not to mention his legal situation. So a lot of question marks for him and just the Bills' offense in general. So I, I don't see them winning too many games. Uh, yeah, prove me wrong, Bills. I have you at 4 and 12. Uh, and. Last place, I've said a ton about the Miami Dolphins. I've said that they will be the worst team in football. And my viewpoint has not changed throughout the offseason. 2-12 Miami Dolphins, they will be picking first in the 2019 NFL Draft. You heard it here first. uh, I don't believe in them at all. When you, when you, they lost Jarvis Landry and they lost Ndamukong Suh. They're two best players on either side of the ball. That's never good. Uh, their running game, a lot of question marks. Not not a believer in Kalen Ballage or Kenyan Drake or Frank Gore. Uh, they all got their own issues and their own rights. The receiving core kind of decimated. If Kenny Stills, and Devontae Parker, are your number two, number one, and number two receivers, I'm feeling very shaky about that. And uh, I think you know Adam Gase, great offensive mind. Not really sure how he works as a head coach in the NFL and uh Tannehill too coming off an ACL injury. Never good. And uh I think this is gonna be an absolute trash team this year. The worst in the NFL. That's the AFC East. I'm gonna move on to the AFC West. Coming in first place, I have the Los Angeles Chargers at ten and six. Uh you know the the Chargers they they lost one of their weapons in Hunter Henry. I know he didn't really he didn't have the best stats in his first few years in the NFL but He was uh, on the rise, and just to lose him to the ACL injury in the beginning of the year is never good, but still, regardless, they've got one of the best rosters in the NFL. Uh, they got, obviously, Philip Rivers at quarterback, Melvin Gordon, one of the the top 10 running back in the NFL, an improved, decent offensive line, and they've got uh, Keenan Allen, who's a beast, top 7 receiver in the NFL, and uh, loaded defense, and just... They've got pass rushers. They've got corners. They got they've got everyone. So, I think this is the year the Chargers put it together and make the playoffs. They were pretty close last year. They were just you know there was a lot of teams in the AFC that were like nine and seven. So they easily could have slipped in last year. They were pretty hot at the end of the year, and uh, I, I think they're a strong candidate to win this division. So that's what I've got. I got them a ten and six. In second place, I've got the Denver Broncos at 9-7. and seven. Uh, This might be a little shocking to people. I think some people are high in the Chiefs. Uh, some, a lot of people probably have the, the Chiefs winning the division. Uh, but I've got the Broncos in second place at 9-7. and seven. Uh, I believe in Case Keenum. I, I don't think he's spectacular, but I think he's good enough. And if you surround him with the right team, as we saw last year in Minnesota, uh, he's going to make strides and he's going to play well enough to get, to get you to where you need to go and that is the playoffs I see for the Denver Broncos as you'll find out in a minute here. I have him at 7. Their defense was a little uh had a little bit of a down year last year. Uh I don't really know what was wrong with them and uh I had him in fantasy which was kind of a bummer but uh they, they I think they they see a rebound. I really 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 love the Bradley Chubb pick. Uh he's a run stopper, he's a force off the edge and I really think he got I don't think he should have gone a 5. I think he should have gone higher. Uh he's that He's going to be that impactful this year. And uh, to pair him up with Von Miller, who is arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL, probably is. That's a lethal, lethal combo. And uh, the Broncos defense will return to top five form this year, as I see it. In third place, I have the Kansas City Chiefs at 9-7. and seven. Uh, I believe in Patrick Mahomes. I think he's a dynamic talent. But uh, he is also a little bit of a raw prospect. Uh, he's going to need probably one more year. To be to reach his ceiling, in my opinion, uh, I can see him making a lot of mistakes this year, throwing a lot of interceptions. He's gonna—he's a gunslinger, man. He'll—he'll he'll air it out. Uh, he'll probably throw a lot of touchdowns, but he'll also throw a lot of picks. So, uh, his his decision making will probably have to improve for them to take the next leap, in my opinion. Their defense also has some question marks uh, as well. They got exposed in the past last year, so uh, that's the Chiefs, in my opinion. I uh, got them at nine and seven coming in third in the AFC West In last place. I have the Oakland Raiders coming in at five and 11. Uh, I love John Gruden. I love him to death. I think he's a great personality, but his style of coaching, I don't think it's going to work this time around in the NFL. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see success here. He's got an old school mentality and that just doesn't work. Now He he wants to pound the ball into the ground with a, with two old guys at running back and Marshawn Lynch and Doug Martin. Uh, I mean, they could see a ton of volume, but I just don't see the efficiency and success there in Oakland. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I I just, I'm, I don't have a good vibe for Oakland this year. So I have them at 5-11, and 11, which might be a little lower than people. Some people have them, but that's just the way I see things shaking out. So uh, that's the AFC. Just to recap briefly. I'll read off the seedings, actually, for the playoffs uh, at, while I'm here on the AFC. In first, coming in at the first seed, the AFC, I have the Houston Texans. I have them at 13-3. Second seed, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers at 11-5. and five. And the third seed, I have the New England Patriots at 11-5 as well. Fourth seed, I have the Los Angeles Chargers at 10-6. and six. And my two wildcard teams, I had the Jacksonville Jaguars at the five seed at 11-5. and five. And in six, I had the Denver Broncos beating out the Kansas City Chiefs for a tie uh I have the Broncos sque- squeaking into the playoffs as the 6th at 9 and 7. So uh that's the AFC and uh yeah. Uh, I'm going to move on to the NFC real quick. Uh the A- NFC North, excuse me. Uh first place, I have the Green Bay Packers. Uh you know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers, my uh my love and affection for the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh I have uh the Packers going 11 and 5. I don't know if I said that already. Excuse me. Uh, a little bit of a weak roster, but when you have the best player in football, you're going 11 and five. I don't care what happens. Uh, he lost his man, Jordy Nelson, which, you know, sad to see that combination go. It's uh, a lot of yielded a lot of success in this past, whatever decade that they've been together. Uh, so that'll be sad to see, but Rodgers, you know, he loves Devonta Adam. He's emerging as one of the top receivers in the NFL. Uh, in the addition of Jimmy Graham helps great red zone target can't really stretch the field and, uh, in between the twenties, like he used to, but he's still got some pop in his game. He can go up and get it in the red zone. So I can see a lot of touchdowns this year for Graham and, uh, you know, the running backs, a little bit of a question with Jamal Williams, how that's going to shake out with Jones and Williams and Ty Montgomery. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers he, uh, masks the weaknesses, if you will. Uh, he, he makes all the weaknesses look a little bit better than they should. So I see 11 and five for the Packers and the NFC North champs in second place. I have the Minnesota Vikings at 10 and six. Uh, I see a little bit of a slow start with the Vikings, but I think they've got one of the most well-rounded rosters in the NFL and one of the best coaches in the NFL, Mike Zimmer. So I really, I I've said this before. I really don't see a weakness on their roster. I think they're loaded everywhere. So, But I could see a little bit of a slow start as Kirk gets a little acclimated more into the offense in real game-time speed. Uh, like I said, he's never worked with any of the Vikings coaches in the past. So just to get on par with them a little bit early in the season. But if they get cooking, man, they are a scary team late in the year. So the Vikings I have at 10-6 and six and coming in second place in the NFC North. In third place, I have the Detroit Lions at 7-9. and nine. Uh you know, the, 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 when you again, this is the similar situation to the Titans. When you got two, you know, what I see, star-studded teams in front of you, and you got to play them, it's tough, man. Uh, the Lions, they they played a lot. They played in a lot of close games last year, and uh, they were right there. And they were in in the beginning of the season. I think they started off hot, but you know, Stafford. At the end of the day, he is what he is. Um, he's not really going to prepare propel you to the next level. I really love Stafford. I think you can put him great numbers, but there's something about it. He can't get over that hill and uh, the running game should be improved with carry on Johnson coming in from Auburn this year. But uh, overall the Lions, it could be a tough year for them. Uh, I got them at seven and nine uh, coming in last place. I've got the Chicago bears at six and 10. And yes, I did stick by this prediction even after they traded for Khalil Mack from the Oakland Raiders. Uh he, it all comes down to one factor for me, and the reason why I have them at 6-10. and 10. It is their quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. I, have, I haven't I have really been a believer in Mitch Trubisky, and I continue with that mindset. I, I stand by that. I think the rest of their team is good enough, but I really don't believe him at all. He has not had—he started whatever well, that was for the majority of last season. He hasn't thrown more than one touchdown pass in a single game this season. Uh, and that, that really concerns me. I think he was an average quarterback in college and the bears thought they could, they saw uh, potential there, but he went way earlier than he should have in the draft last year. And, uh, I I just, I'm not a believer in his, and if he's going to have success in the NFL, it won't be this year. It'll be later on down the road in his career. Uh, but it, it, Ultimately, my decision to have them so low record-wise, six and ten, was the lack of development in Mitch Trubisky that I don't I don't see that I don't see him taking that leap this year. So uh, that's my NFC North. Uh, I had the Packers, Vikings, Lions, and Bears in that order. I'm going to move on to the NFC South now. This was a, an extremely tough division for me to pick. Obviously, a lot of good teams besides the Bucks. Sorry, Bucks fans, uh, but they had three teams make the playoffs last year from this division. You know, a lot of talent here, a lot of good teams, but ultimately I had the Saints coming in first place at ten and six. Uh, throughout the off season, I was a little bit down on the Saints. I wasn't. I was predicting a little bit of a dip in Drew Brees' efficiency, as we saw last year. Drew Brees, honestly, only threw twenty three touchdowns last year. That was a career low, and uh, I thought that that might be a sign of things to come for Drew Brees. But I think that the Saints are just too well rounded on both sides of the ball. Uh, honestly, for them to not win 10 games. Uh, so they should win the division. I mean, I'm not going to say they should because I could easily see the Falcons and Panthers, you know, winning the division. But I just went with the Saints. That's the way I saw things sha- uh, shaping up. I had them at 10-6. and six. Like I said, a very well-rounded team on both sides of the football. In second place, I have the Atlanta Falcons at 9-7. and His uh, second year in their new offensive system. Uh, so hopefully the offense is a little bit better than last year. They weren't terrible last year, but obviously not up to par from what they were two years ago when they went to the Super Bowl and Matt Ryan was MVP. Uh, but nine and seven for the Falcons. Uh, you know they've got a lot of talent. Obviously when you got a top five receiver in Julio and two great running backs, Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, and a former MVP in Matt Ryan, anything's possible. They they could win more games than I think, but. Nine and seven, I think, was fair for the Falcons. If you're looking at their schedule, a uh, lot of tough teams they play as well. I think they got Dallas, and obviously, when I mean, you got to play the Panthers and Saints twice a year, um, they got to play the Steelers. A lot of tough teams. I looked at, but nine and seven is what I have for the Atlanta Falcons. In third place, I had the Panthers coming in at nine and seven as well as the Falcons. Um, I'm a big believer in Christian McCaffrey. I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be amazing this year. Catch a lot of balls. Uh, and Cam is a specimen. Cam is, if you could form what a, what a player should look like in a lab, I would just pick Cam Newton, man. He is humongous. So fast for a guy, his size. And, um, you know, uh, he's unlike anything we've ever seen in the NFL before, but you know, he has his struggles as well. He has not really the best thrower of the football. And that, uh, is to his detriment sometimes, but you know, uh, obviously still a beast and nine and seven, obviously in a very tight division race. So thing, like I said, things could be flip-flopped here, but I got the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers at 10 and six, nine and seven, nine and seven, respectively. Coming in last in the NFC South, this is a no brainer. I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They could be along with the Dolphins. They're going to be up there for the worst team in football this year. Jameis is a mess. Uh, can't stay out of trouble. Suspended obviously for the first three games of the season, and they got Ryan Fitzpatrick leading the helm. Didn't do really that well for them last year. And I, I see this as a dumpster fire as well. Defense is a mess. I know they added Jason Pierre-Paul. They acquired him from the New York Giants. But, um, you know, their secondary is still very suspect. And, uh, you know, one guy, like I said, does not make an entire squad. So even if JPP has an amazing year, doesn't necessarily mean the Bucks defense will be that improved. Uh, the running bay. R- excuse me, running game still a question mark. Uh, they drafted Ronald Jones, who looked like he was going to be, you know, obviously he was a very highly rec- uh, sought after prospect coming out of college, but heavily disappointed in the preseason. I think he had 28 carries for 22 yards. That's pretty concerning. If I'm a Bucks fan, that's not, not what I want to see from my second round pick. So I I think the con- running game will continue to struggle for the Bucks overall. Don't have much hope for them. I have them at three and thirteen, coming in last in the NFC South. Uh, our second last division here today is the NFC East. Uh, in first place, I have the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Obviously, if you know me, uh, you know my disdain for the Eagles. But I can't deny when I see a good team, uh, you know, even if Carson Wentz is not there for the beginning of the season, which I see him missing. If I had to guess, I'd say two games. I think he's going to miss the opener and the second game, which I think they play the Bucks. So that's an easy win, even if you have Foles in there. Even if Carson Wentz is a little sluggish and show, shows some rust at the beginning of the season, coming off the season, uh, excuse me, the ACL tear from last season. Uh, the Eagles, too well-rounded of a team to not be good this year. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't see a Super Bowl hangover. I really don't. I think their defense is uh, very strong, and uh, it's going to come together real nicely. Uh, I, obviously a lot of banged up pieces for the Eagles, but I wouldn't be concerned if I were an Eagles fan, which I am not. So that pains me to say that they will be 13 and three, but that's the way I see it happening there. They should be one of the best teams in football this year. Again, in second place in this division, I have the Dallas Cowboys coming at nine and seven. Uh, you know, I, I think I've raved about Zeke on here. a Decent amount. I don't really remember if I have, but. I see a huge year for Ezekiel Elliott this year as I took him first in my fantasy draft. Uh, I could see him scoring 16-plus touchdowns, man. Their offensive line, obviously amazing with Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and Travis Frederick. Frederick, uh, he came down with that uh, rare, I think it was a heart condition, so that's a little concerning, so uh, who knows when he'll be available, if at all, but even without him, still a star-studded offensive line, and when you got a talented running back like Zeke, who is a big, strong bowling ball who can also—I think he was a track runner. He, he's so fast. So, uh, and obviously, there's questions about Dak, but if you look at his splits with Zeke, it's night and day, and he's so much better of a quarterback when he's there. And I think Zeke will stabilize Dak, and he will, you know, return closer to his rookie season than not. A, not he won't. He's not going to be the quarterback like he was last year. He will be much improved. Coming in third in this division, I have the Washington Redskins at seven and nine. Um, you know, a lot of people are down on the Redskins. Uh, don't really see the direction this team is going. Uh, but I, I believe in Alex Smith enough to win seven games. I really think they they're not going to be terrible. Alex Smith is a good quarterback, not a great quarterback, but he is he's a winner. Uh, he wins games and. You know, you look at the rest of the squad, not really enough talent, for my opinion, to make a playoff push. The the receivers little question mark with uh Crowder and um excuse me, Josh Doxson and uh guys like that, but you know, not enough studs on offense. They signed Adrian Peterson, so hopefully he's got a little bit left in the tank for them, but uh don't really see them having enough weapons for Smith to utilize in the game. Uh so I have them at nine and seven. And coming in last in this division, I had the Giants at 9-7 and seven as well. Obviously, a very tough uh, division. I think all these teams will play each other very well. A lot of close games uh, when, like, you know, everyone plays each other in this division. So, I got the Giants at 9-7. and seven. Honestly, very tough start to their season. I don't remember. Let me look at who they play real quick, but... Uh, I don't remember who it was, but I think I had them starting off pretty rough. Yeah, they got to play Jacksonville in the opener. Then they go at Dallas, at Houston, then New Orleans, then Carolina, then Philadelphia, then Atlanta. Those, that's a brutal stretch. Uh, and four of those seven games are on the road. Giants could be in trouble early on in the year, but, you know, uh, obviously I'm very, very, very high on Saquon, as I've expressed a billion times. I'm sure you guys are sick of hearing that, but... um. You know they they obviously have enough talent to do it, but you know that schedule is brutal, man. And I I'm, I don't I don't know if Eli's got enough in the tank. I really don't. I I think he's kind of done, honestly. And obviously, I believe in the skill positions in Odell and Shepard and Ingram and Saquon. So if they find a guy that's got enough juice at quarterback, which I'm I don't know. I don't, I really don't think Eli has enough. I think uh, we've seen we've seen it all with Eli, in my opinion but uh i've got them at seven and nine you know enough talent enough weapons to you know be up there and uh their defense should be better this year uh obviously i don't really know what happened last year a lot of um a lot of shock honestly with the giants defense they 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 have enough talent and i don't i don't know why they didn't perform honestly so they should be better that could, probably was a fluke in my opinion so i've seen the giants at seven and nine uh and the last division i have here is the n f c west um in first place, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Obviously, their roster looks like if you just drafted it in fantasy mode and Madden and you just created you just I, I don't know how the Rams have all this money to buy all these players. They they sign Aaron Donald to the biggest contract. Well, now second, next to Max, but to the second biggest contract for a defensive player ever. They sign Akib Dalib. they sign Nsou. I There's just so many names like and Marcus Peters, like, I, I don't know, my very first episode, I couldn't even remember all the people they signed, because they signed so many people, and this, t- they've got really no weaknesses, and I know I should, if, wow, you're like Mitchell, if you ha- see no weaknesses, why don't you have them going 16-0, but, uh it, it, I don't know, I mean, it, it, they also play in a tough division, and they should be loaded and ready to go, but, uh, you know, they're, You'll, you'll see what i have them in the playoffs just just wait a second i got them at eleven and five excuse me winning the n f c west um so that's that in second place i have the san francisco forty ers at eight and eight um you know some people are pretty high in the 49ers, but uh you know i think eight and eight's a fair expectation for them uh jimmy is not gonna go in and win sixteen games i know he's never lost as a starter in the n f l but uh i don't think he has enough weapons to uh you know, reach his full potential. Uh, I, I'm I'm a big believer in Marquise Goodwin, but uh, it gets kind of thin after that. Uh, and obviously a big blow with Jarek McKinnon, their big uh, free free agent acquisition, tearing his ACL in practice a few days ago. So you, you never want to see that. And um, I, I, mean, I always, you know, have a, my heart goes out to anyone, any player that uh, tears their ACL before the season even starts, because you're so amped up to get out there and your hopes are just dashed right there. So, Uh, that's a big blow for the 49ers this year and, um, their defense, obviously improving. They've got a lot of good, uh, I know they got a lot of D lineman prospects. They got uh, that Armstrong guy and I I believe his name is, and, uh, Solomon Thomas. So a lot of high draft picks there that could pan out, but still a few years away, in my opinion, for the 49ers, they need to put some, a little bit more pieces around Garoppolo to make that playoff push. In third place I have the Seattle Seahawks coming in at nine and uh excuse me, seven and nine. Uh they really got Russell Wilson in the roster real weak after that. Um Rashad Penny, I think he it was either his finger or his hand. He's gonna maybe even miss a few games to start off the season. I wasn't even a big fan of his regardless of this injury. I thought he went too high in the draft and wasn't wasn't really a big believer in his talent to translate into the NFL. Uh, but, and, uh, their defense got depleted, man. They just lo- lost piece after piece and Sherman and just all of them. And uh, surprisingly didn't trade Earl Thomas, uh, at, at roster cuts a few days ago, but you know, the Seahawks, not the team they were the, in the dynasty in the past few years that we were accustomed to seeing in uh, Seattle. So I think seven and nine was a fair expectation for them. That, that's what I have them at. And the last team in the entire NFL that we have here is the Arizona Cardinals. Actually, I actually have a decent amount to say about the Cardinals. Uh, I think Josh Rosen is the real deal. I think he's probably the best quarterback in this previous draft class. Him and Darnold are going to... I think him and Darnold could run the NFL for the next decade plus. Uh, You know, I like the rapport between Christian Kirk and Josh Rosen. Uh, I think that could be key to the Cardinals' long-term success. But the operative word in that sentence was long-term. Uh, I, obviously, right now, Sam Bradford's still the quarterback. And uh, I, I hate predicting injuries, but Bradford's always injured. And uh Cardinals' offensive line is one of the worst in the NFL, so that doesn't bode well for his protection. Uh, so, you know, a lot of question marks for the Cardinals. So I could see a scenario where Josh Rosen takes over the team midway through the season and they go on a run, but... You know, they could start off very, very slow, and I think seven and nine was a fair expectation for them. Obviously, another NFC West was a um another very tight division. Uh yeah, so that's the uh NFC, just to recap the seedings like I did for the AFC. In first uh, the first seed I have the Philadelphia Eagles at 13-3. Uh who do I have second here? Oh, the Los Angeles Rams at eleven five. 5 I have it second place. Those two teams earning a first round bye. Third seed, I have the Green Bay Packers at 11-5. and five, And the fourth seed, I have the New Orleans Saints at 10-6. and six. The two wildcard teams I had in the NFC, the five seed, I had the Minnesota Vikings at 10-6. and six, And the sixth seed, I had the Dallas Cowboys edging out the Atlanta Falcons and, and uh, Carolina Panthers for that final wildcard spot. Uh, yeah, so that is the division preview. Now, I'm going to switch gears and highlight some of the 2018 award, uh, some of the awards. Excuse me, that was kind of, (laughs) I don't know why I said that, but I've got the MVP, I've got the Offensive Player of the Year, I've got the Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, and Coach of the Year. I'm going to explain to you who I see winning these awards and why. Some of them are a little bold, some of you may have heard before, but I'm just going to give them to you anyway. My MVP, you could probably guess, uh, I talk about this guy a lot, probably my favorite player who's not a stealer, and that is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I explained that he he's the best quarterback ever. I, I say it again, and I'll keep saying it until everyone in this world believes it. Uh, he's going to be vengeful. Uh, he's going to be on a mission. Uh, I think people, you know, they're questioning maybe his legacy. He's only got one ring. Uh, He doesn't. He he just he's gonna be amazing this year. I see him having a typical typical Aaron Rodgers season. I have see him throwing forty five hundred yards, close to forty touchdowns, and less seven or less interceptions. He could do it all. Uh, He's gonna carry the Packers to the playoffs, and I think I what I have them. I had them in the three seed, but another amazing year for Aaron Rodgers. uh, You know, just like every other year. He won MVP every year, in my opinion, that he's healthy. Offensive Player of the Year, I have Ezekiel Elliott. I touched on him earlier. I think he's going to see 15-plus touchdowns. He's probably going to run for 1,500 yards. I think he'll have an even better season than he did his rookie season. That's hard to believe, but he's going to be an absolute stud this year. Offensive Player of the Year, that's my pick. Defensive Player of the Year, I have... This is my most bold prediction uh, out of the awards. And I may be a little crazy on this one, but I've got Bradley Chubb winning not only defensive rookie of the year, but defensive player of the year. Uh, He's not going to see double teams as well because if you double team him, you got single team on Von Miller. Like what are you going to do with both those guys? I can see him being an absolute stud right from the get go. And uh, you better watch out for Chubb this year. I I have very high expectations for him and, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But defense player of the year, Bradley Chubb. Just gonna go ahead and say it. Offensive rookie of the year, I, I, Saquon. You know, you know me. You know me here. Uh, Saquon's gonna be unbelievable. Uh, one, I think he'll have one of the best rookie seasons of all time, and uh, I, I, he's gonna catch more re- receptions than people. I think people think he will. I can see him having sixty, sixty-five catches. This year, I think he's going to be an absolute amazing, you you know, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, I already said, Bradley Chubb, if he's going to win defensive player of the year, he's going to win defensive rookie of the year. And uh, yeah, uh, a very tough award to predict was comeback player of the year. Obviously, so many options as there, unfortunately, there were so many injuries last year. So that yields a lot of, you know, favorites for comeback player of the year the following year. I mean, there's OBJ, there's David Johnson, there's JJ Watt, there's Deshaun Watson, there's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, so I had to pick one of those guys. I picked Deshaun Watson. Um, I have the Texans as being the best team in football. I have them being 13-3, and three, and Deshaun Watson's going to be a big part of that. And uh, he's going to have a lot of success. He'll be in the running for MVP, in my opinion, uh, and... Um, you know, Obviously a very devastating injury last year. So for him to put together what I see him doing this year, uh, great pick for comeback player of the year in my opinion. So Deshaun Watson winning that. And the final word I have here is coach of the year. Very tough decision as well. There's so many good coaches in the NFL. I mean, so many came to mind right off the bat. But uh, the three that stuck out in my mind were uh, Bill O'Brien, because I, I obviously have the Texans making a big jump in my predictions. Uh, Sean McVay and Doug Peterson, uh, those are the first three names that came to mind. I think uh, McV- uh, McVay won last year, right? Yeah, I, I, I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure McVay won last year. And uh, obviously, he turned the Rams around completely. They were they were garbage two years ago, and they were unbelievable last year. And uh, Doug Peterson, obviously, same with the Eagles. They were whatever. They were had a losing record the year before, took them to the Super Bowl champs. So. Uh, so many great names. I went with Bill O'Brien just because of that big leap for the uh, Texans. I see happening, and uh, I'm a big fan of Bill O'Brien. I um I think he's a great coach, and it, oddly enough, I think it's, it's a lot of people like have him on the hot seat for some reason. I I know they did bad last year, but when you lose your star quarterback, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. But he should he's gonna be he's gonna be great this year. Texans are gonna surprise some people and. That's how I see the award shaking out. I got Rodgers MVP, Elliott Offense Player of the Year, Bradley Chubb Defensive, Saquon Rookie, uh, Bradley Chubb Rookie, Deshaun Watson Comeback Player of the Year, and Bill O'Brien at Coach of the Year. So that's my awards. And I'm going to move on to the last thing I had to say here, which is the playoff prediction Uh, to close it all out. And I'm going to give you who my final Super Bowl prediction winner is here. Uh, in the AFC wild card matchups, it's the four seed Los Angeles Chargers, excuse me, uh, taking on the five seeded Jacksonville Jaguars. I have the Jaguars win this game. Uh, I think uh, they're gonna give Philip Rivers fits in this game. Uh, I don't know. I the Jaguars are a scary team. I think I said earlier that I have them winning like seven, eight games in a row at the end of the season. They'll be very hot at this time. So I got the Jaguars beating them. And then this is a very surprising one. I've got the uh, three-seeded New England Patriots taking on the six-seeded Denver Broncos, and I I'm calling the upset. I'm going with the Denver Broncos one here. Uh, I think the Patriots fall off, and this is the year. Uh, by the by 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 come January, I think Tom Brady's going to be fatigued. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. No one can play that long, and he's going to be 41 this year. That is, he's getting up there, and he, I want to respect him because he's the great he's. You know, he's not the greatest all-time. Aaron Rodgers is. I'll keep saying that. I don't care if anyone says I'm crazy, but Aaron Rodgers is. Anyway, Tom Brady, uh, I see the Patriots uh, weak at this time, vulnerable. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and, you know, go ahead and say it. I think the Broncos win this game. Uh, yeah, so that's the AFC. Moving on to the NFC. I'm going to uh, go back and forth here. NFC wildcard, Saints-Vikings in the 4-5 matchup. Uh, obviously, that last that game last year was crazy. One of the craziest finishes I've ever seen in my entire life. And I've got the Vikings. I've got the same result. I have the Vikings being the Saints in New Orleans this time. I think the Vikings are going to be hot. I said this earlier that they'll be hot at the end of the year. And hot teams in December tend tend to uh, carry that out. to carry that momentum out into the playoffs. I got the Vikings defeating the Saints in the wild card matchup at the three six matchup of the Packers three seed, uh, taking on the six seeded Dallas Cowboys and, uh, you know, very talented teams, but Aaron Rodgers just got the Cowboys number. He, he owns the Dallas Cowboys. Jerry Jones doesn't own the Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers does. Um, and it's at Lambeau field plays even better at home than he does. You know, he, he Lambeau field's a spot man. And going to be tough for the Cowboys to come in there and win that game I got the Packers moving on and uh, yeah so eight teams remain in the divisional round in the AFC it is the Houston Texans taking on the Denver Broncos and uh, I got the Texans winning this one Um, I see a great year for the Texans this year and uh, you know great all-around team and I see them taking down the Broncos here Steelers-Jags in the other divisional matchup, two-seed versus five-seed rematch of last season's uh, divisional round matchup. And uh, I've got I got the Steelers winning this one. Uh, I, I think I had the, the Steelers and Jags play in the regular season this year. I think I had the Steel, uh, the Jags winning, excuse me, in the regular season. So it's going to be – the Steelers are going to be hot again. Like I said, the hot teams, they uh, carry the momentum out to the playoffs. So Steelers beat the Jags at High Field. And in the NFC, I got the Vikings and the Eagles playing. I got the Vikings winning. Sorry, Eagles fans, but uh, not this year. The Vikings are going to go into Lincoln Financial Field, and they're going to take down the defending Super Bowl champions. Uh, sorry. That's just what's going to happen. Not, not It's not going to be the same as last year. Dalvin Cook's going to be rolling. The running game's going to be rolling. The defense will be better this year. They're not going to let up 38 points to the Eagles In the playoffs, again, they'll be much more disciplined. And I see the Vikings winning this one. In the other game, in the final division round matchup, I have the two-seeded Los Angeles Rams uh, hosting the three-seeded Green Bay Packers. I have the uh, Packers winning this one. Uh, I think the the Rams could be vulnerable in the playoffs. Uh, You know, they kind of fell flat to Atlanta last year, and I see a similar situation happening now. So... Maybe it'll take time for the Rams to find their ground in the playoffs, but eventually they're going to, you know, find their way. Just, I don't see it happening this year. Uh, so I have the Packers. So my two AFC and, AFC, NFC, AFC and NFC championship matchups, excuse me there. Uh, I have the Texans and the Steelers in the AFC championship game, and I have the Vikings and the Packers in the NFC championship game. Uh, so that results in my Super Bowl matchup. I have the Steelers over the Texans, and I have the Vikings over the Packers. My Super Bowl matchup is the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Minnesota Vikings. And um, I got the Vikings winning. Uh, I just, um, you know, two great teams, the Steelers and the Vikings, but the Vikings, just their overall, you know, completeness of their roster on offense and defense. Uh, you know, it's just going to be, I think it's going to be one of the, you know, they're going to be one of the best teams in football this year. They're going to, I don't have them winning the vision, oddly enough. Uh, in year this past you know, whatever five years we've seen the uh the teams with first round buys like one and two seeds play in the super bowl. But I think uh, I see a wild card team winning this year, and the NFC is wide open, so uh, we could see a scenario where a wild card team you know goes on a run and goes to the super bowl and eventually wins it. So, yep, that's my super bowl prediction. I got the Vikings over the Steelers. Uh, comment on our inter- Instagram page, what you want to, what, what you think the Super Bowl matchup could be. And, uh, yeah, Ooh, man, that was exhausting. That was my NFL. That's my NFL. That's my NFL preview. Yeah. So God bless you. If you stuck through all of that, heard me blabble on about football for an hour. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoy sharing my thoughts to all of you. So thank you very much for listening. And uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone that's helped me with this podcast, all of my guests, uh, the editor of the show, and all of you that listen to it. So thank you to Jack uh, for being on the show multiple times. Thank you for Tyler, Connor Anderson, my dad, Charlie. And uh, thank you for all coming on the show. and. um uh, uh, Thank you for Joey Bolton for editing his show. Uh, he does a great job every time I upload an episode. He puts it all together, puts the music together. He made it sound real nice, so I'm grateful for you, Joey. Thank you very much, and uh, thank you to all my future guests. I look forward to having a lot of different other other people on the show as well, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of good things to come, Uh, so yeah, that's that. Be sure to follow the page, the show, excuse me, on Instagram at the Hogline Podcast and my personal page at Mitchell Manis. And uh, I hope everyone has a good fall football season, baby. It's back. Thank you very much.